Welcome to the Interviewing Artist series. This podcast is dedicated to interviewing undergraduate studio art students at the University of Guelph in partnership with Juried Art Show and Kaleidoscope Magazine. My name is Sarah Bryant, and I am one of the Juried Art Show or Jazz volunteers for this year's 53rd annual exhibition. Today we're recording in Guelph, Ontario, which is situated on treaty land and is steeped in rich Indigenous history and home to many First Nations, Inuit and Matisse people today. We acknowledge the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation and the Anishinaabeg peoples on whose traditional territory we are meeting. Uh, so today we are here with Mary Korch, is that correct? Yes. Think of fetch a sketch and then say crutch. Crutch, okay. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Um, so, <laughs> um, what year are you in at the university? I'm kind of floating between third and fourth. Awesome. I'm a, I'm a, a studio arts major and with a museums minor, museum study minor. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Um, can you describe yourself in your practice? Uh, I'm basically I started uh, years ago as a textile artist and I still dabble in textile a lot uh, but primarily right now I'm interested in uh, a crossover and hybriding of printmaking and photography. Yeah I saw that on your website you've got some beautiful pieces there. Thanks. So you said uh, right now you're focused in printmaking and photography so what what attracts you to that medium? Um, I have uh, a, a huge collection of, of, of vintage uh, photographs. I kind of became the, the, the last keeper of the family photo albums from that general, that go back, I don't know, 100, 150 years because nobody else wanted them. And I love the imagery and I love the, uh, the whole scenes, the, uh, the costumes, you know. And the stories that are no longer known about these images. So I'm curious as to who these people are. I kind of make up my own stories to, to tell who they are and help me design from them. I, I deconstruct them and use bits and pieces of them all over the place. And uh, since, and I do enjoy photography, but uh, digital photography doesn't excite me all that much. And unfortunately, analog photography is hard to get access to. So the printmaking uh, helps me, you know, take that photography element that I'm missing, the old fashioned analog photography element I'm missing. Um, and adds it to the digital technology that gives me an opportunity to, to take printmaking to where I want would want my photography to go if I can still do it the way I'd like to. Okay. Um, would you be able to describe some of your process and how you go from the inspiration to creating your final pieces? Yeah, I guess um, I always start with the, with the, with the image. Um, I like images that have a lot in them, uh, many people, many elements, many objects. And I'll sit with it for a while um, and start dissecting it in my mind as to what I could strip out of the photograph because I don't want to uh, recreate the original in, in all its entirety because it's, it's the story's there, but it's in bits and pieces. And since it's now becoming my story to tell, I want to tell it in the bits and pieces and the ways I like. So eventually I'll strip out what I want from the photograph. Sometimes I will merge bits and pieces from one photograph with another and tell an entire new story. Sometimes I see people in my vintage photographs that I think should, uh, if they didn't meet in real life, they should meet now. So I'll, I'll give them an introduction in a new image. 
And uh, basically, I just, I just, you know, um, well, how should I say it? I, I don't rush. I play, I, I play slow with my work and my ideas. I don't. Some days I really gun ho, blah 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 blah, and get something done. And then there are other days when I think, huh, I'll just wait on that and sit on it for a while. So I, I don't rush into anything. I really have to be excited about what the final product might look like before I even start it. Okay. Um, so as far as subject matter, you were talking, I, you've mentioned a few times um, stories and creating stories. So in, in terms of storytelling with your work, um, like what what is your goal there? Is it more of a narrative or? I've done a little narrative. In fact, even writing the actual stories that accompany the images and uh, had them displayed alongside the, the, the product. Um, but basically it's, um, I don't know if it's a narrative. It's it's just more preserving memories that don't exist because I don't know if there are anybody's memories there. I'm I'm imposing upon portraiture the personalities that I, I think these people should be and 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 the memory of the lives that they lived. So at the end of the day, it's all about uh, the making of the art is all about me very selfishly uh, enjoying the taking out of the joy and the, and the kind of healing I get from making art. For myself and I hope my objective at the end of the day with people looking at it is that instead of me force feeding them on how they should be looking at my work and get the story and get the idea and get the message I let them sort of sit back and hopefully take away from it what what makes it nice for them to hang around my art for a while it's wonderful um sorry one of my questions was what and who inspires you and you've already talked about the old photos and um kind of a spin on memory preservation. Are there any artists that you look to for inspiration in your work? Well, I like a lot of different artists and there's always new ones coming up. I mean, with the web, you know, you, you can never not do a quick Google and say, oh, that's kind of interesting. I think I should try that, you know? Um, but I do love, and I'm, I'm sorry if I get the mis mispronounced name, but I love Louise Bourgeois. I want to say bourgeois, but that's not famous. Uh, she does the uh, the wonderful uh, spiders and, and and sculptural things that she does. But in her early days, she did uh, was raised and was part of the, her family's atelier in France before she went to art school. So I like her because she does have a fashion background and she uses a lot of textiles in her work and learned. She does a lot of deconstruction in her work, and I which is very forgiving. For, I can forgive her for because a lot of people deconstruct before they know how to construct. And she knew how to construct first, actually with her family, in her family's business when she was young, um, you know, reconstructing and fixing and mending, uh, you know, tapestries. So she knows how to put it back together when it's already destroyed. And I kind of like her. And I, I sort of look at that too. I feel like I'm destroying it, uh, someone else's memory in the photograph or the imagery I use uh, and then reconstructing it to um, to fit my needs and my, my interests and, and the story I'm trying to uh, become a friend with. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go a little off. My biggest one, I guess. <laughs> it's hard to pick just one, but she's one of my favorites. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to go a little off script just because I'm curious now. You said that you used to do uh, textile work and now you're focusing in uh, photography and printmaking. Does your fiber arts influence your current work at yeah, all? Yeah, it does. I, I have to say that needle and thread are still pretty much my muse. I've been doing um, 
sewing for a very long time. I, my mother introduced me to sewing when I was really little, like so many women get involved with my age, my, my generation. And uh, I don't think I'm ever, I'm, you know, when I took print too, it's funny. I, I, I was trying to get away from stitching. I thought <laughs> stitching all the time, you know. And um, so I actually ended up doing prints, but they were all around the stitch, bowls of thread. And, you know, I even tried to recreate uh, through printmaking how I actually stitch a portraiture. Um, and uh, I kept saying, I want to I want to retire from textile. I want to do something else. I want to, you know, figure out a new direction to take my art, which is why I'm so hung up on the photography and the printmaking right now. And here I am in print four. And guess what I'm adding into my project? The stitching. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's in my blood, can't get rid of it. So yeah, I'm still doing the stitching, just finding new ways now to, to take it in a different direction from what I used to do. That's incredible. I love that, uh, how little threads of your art development kind of translate throughout. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how often do you make art? Um, well, the I think I'm making art all the time. Um, maybe I've slowed down a little bit now with school because um, I let, let the assignments tell me what to do and when to do it. <laughs> um, I just went through, just, uh, I look continuously for opportunities. Um, in fact, I sent one of my prints from last term uh, off to the kitchen table print biannual in uh, Europe just to see if, if if they'd be interested and it's been accepted into the show so you know I do that all that kind of stuff all the time and sometimes I try to when I'm doing the assignments for school I try to think hey this is a good opportunity maybe if I create this for school I can get a mark and get it into a show <laughs> you know so I, I do have a tendency to think think art all the time I don't know if I'm making it all the time but I'm thinking it all the time that's fantastic um are there any projects that you're particularly proud of um uh, yes, I think uh, I did a commission years ago for St. Michael's Hospital, the uh, the women's breast clinic, cancer clinic there, um, and that was uh, a very it was a textile piece of five panels that I did based on five women's uh, battle with breast cancer who who did not make it but who influenced a lot of people in the in the center and was you know through their journey of of their health issues. Uh, helped a lot of other people along who did survive. So I was really proud of that. It's still it's still on display at St. Mike's Hospital. So that was a nice project. Um, I uh, I got a real bang, a bang, big bang for my buck when I did a, a an artist residency back in 2008 in uh, this small community in France. Um, and I had never done a residency before. So I had what my, my, what my proposal was 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 what got me in, and then I got there, and they gave me this. It was a, an old monastery, the home of a of a bunch of monks that had been turned into the residency. And they showed me my studio at the top of this big, you know, Renaissance tour, and I had this round room to work with with all these beams. My project completely changed, and I had never done installation before, so I ended up doing an installation project, and it was an interactive installation project, and. And I was, it thrilled me how people really got into it and, and, and worked through the through the uh, the uh, the ideas. So I'm kind of proud of that one. But you know, it's like I'm just proud of anything I get out there to be seen. To be honest with you, or even better, anything I get finished. Because <laughs> a lot of unfinished projects. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. 
Uh, is there anything that you're currently working on that you'd like to talk about? Um, just the current print four project. Um, I haven't put my proposal in yet, but um, I'm working on the idea of uh, turning a simple object, this, the, the ball, an object is the ball, or the object I've chosen is the ball, and um, which is easy to do, reproduce with uh, you know two two dimensional medium in print. Um, but I'm actually in hoping to put a, a 3D sculpture together in the same context with by printing and using other materials. And last term, I um, you know because we're at home and I can do anything I want here and do a project and have access to a few a few things most people wouldn't have access to. I uh, explore with uh, copper plates uh, actually painting on artist mediums like uh, you know gel mediums and stuff like that uh, and, and, and then carving or dry pointing into the plate through those mediums I got kind of excited by that because it has lots of potential to bring my textile textures in without me actually stitching <laughs> I can actually recreate the, the textures of, of the hand of, of different fabrics and, I, and materials I've worked with in the past so I'm actually kind of interested, excited about the whole project being able to take all of the things I tried and explored with last term into a, a complete project that in, in three different parts is what, what we're expected to do. Okay, so kind of a two-part question here. Um, do you have any tips for working as an artist from home with our new <laughs> lockdown situation? <laughs> and um, actually, I'll just I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll ask the other question after. Okay. Well, I know that a lot of people are not as fortunate as I am to, to be if they're in Guelph and on campus or, you know, and they're, or they're sharing uh, living accommodations. And, and so they're kind of stuck in a very small, small room, possibly, to do their work. And all I can say is, you know, take lots of breaks and walk around and don't get bogged down with being uh, in that claustrophobic space because that'll just kill your creativity faster than you can think. So, um even now with the lockdown, I'm, I live in a, in a little bungalow, but since I can't go outside, I, even I'm getting up getting up and walking around the house and figure, I figured out how many steps I have to take to make a, make a kilometer, just, just so I'm you know, exercising my body, but also exercising my mind by taking that break from what I'm doing. Otherwise, I could literally sit in a chair or at a desk for eight, 10 hours and just do, and that's not good. So that's my biggest tip. Just make sure you take get up and take lots and lots of breaks and exercise your body and your mind beyond the artwork. I think that's really fantastic advice, um, especially since you're not focusing on production and kind of helping keep people stay in the space where they can create. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for, for most of us now that we're all sort of doing uh, distance learning, we have... Um, something extra that we didn't, don't have when we're on campus. Mind you, I, don't, I can't wait to get back to the campus because that's the whole point. I want to be around people. But at the same time, right now, we have a situation where we're learning, we have a different learning environment. So we don't have to stick to, say, if you're in studio arts and you want to get to an open studio after class, you know, which would be maybe 2.30 to 5.30 or staying there till 10 o'clock at night. And that's the only way you can get your work done. Well, now we don't have to worry about that. We can go to class and you know, just not wait anymore to, to, to move forward with what we're doing. So, you know, take advantage of that right now, because when we go back to campus, we're going to be back to a schedule that is limited, really, as to how much we can do and for how long. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, it sounds like you've been making, like, working as an art 
and building your practice for a long time with some with a good deal of success. So what made you decide to come back to school? Well, I had a, a little personal setback with my partner, um, who I lost in 2018, and he was my muse. And before he passed away, um, he told me to go back to school and find my new direction because he felt I needed a new direction. And since he wasn't going to be around anymore to kick my butt to the studio, he thought maybe this going back to school for a while would just, uh, you know, break me into a new, new routine, which I, I, which is what has been happening for me. I'm sorry about your partner, but that's some wonderful legacy that he left you with. Yeah, it's great. And he, I mean, it's always my goal to have someday get a, you know, what, what, what my father used to call a useless degree in the arts. <laughs> yeah, my dad wanted me to work proper, a proper job, you know, which I did for my whole life. And then, but, you know, so I'm, I'm taking it for everything it has to offer me. It's, it's, yes, it may seem frivolous to the average person, maybe even to, to people in your age bracket, but it's not for to me. It's just, I was involved in um, IT and, and adult education most of my working life. And I've always had the philosophy that, that, that you should never stop learning and that learning is a lifelong process. So, so what if I'm getting it now? I even have a nephew right now. He says, well, you're doing so well. Maybe you should go after your PhD. And I'm going, oh yeah, I do a PhD at this point in my life. Call me doctor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which I say that doesn't matter. I'm not even sure about the MFA. I'm not a PhD now. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I take it one day at a time. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, I want to actually open it up to you now. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we didn't cover, or anything you'd like the world to know about your art or pearls of wisdom for other artists? Anything at all? I don't know if I have any pearls of wisdom other than don't get bogged down in what in art speak um, and what the so-called professionals want not to make your art. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your ideas. Um, you know, I, I, it's really easy, and, and I, I'm sorry, but I've done it myself, to uh, make art that you don't love because you're trying to fit yourself into a, a, a square hole, you know, and, and get seen. Um, so I would say, you know, yeah, do that sometime to make to get a paycheck, but don't get get caught up doing nothing but what somebody else wants you to make. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say since I, you know, it's, it's taken me three years of going to school on a part time basis with no other re, with no other objective than to get out of this house once in a while. <laughs> now, for a year, I haven't been able to get out of the house. Um, so I could find a new way of doing things. And, uh, you know, I think that's really important too. I feel um, when I watch follow artists, certain artists uh, who I've been following for years, I stopped following them after a while because their art gets old and dusty because they never change anything. It just, you know, it, it, it runs its useful course. So I would say to anybody out there, as you know, constantly, do uh, you know a check on yourself that that what you're making is still relevant to you and 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 what you're interested in because if you lose what you're interested in and the love of what you're doing, you are just going to make the same old same old over and over and over again, and eventually you lose your market if you're after a market. And I'm sorry, but you also lose your artistic soul if you if you repeat too much and don't enjoy what you love doing. 
I hope that answers the question about where I'm going with my art, because I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I, 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 the class asks me that all the time. What, what, give me some artist statement. Okay, let's go through all the catalog of artist statement. I don't use so many, as I'm sure props have probably shared with other artists. You know, well, I do an art, different artist statement for every show I do. Well, so do I. But, you know, what am I supposed it, it doesn't stay the same. So it's kind of hard for me to say, today, this is what I'm doing. Tomorrow, who knows? <laughs> you know? That's fair. I think I don't know is uh, it's a really good answer. It keeps us on our toes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? What's the point of carrying on uh, and getting yourself into a rut when, as a creative, you shouldn't be in a rut at all? You should always be moving forward. You know, it's crazy. I, I can't tell you how many things I've done over the years. I've tried every medium out there possible. That's another thing. Don't get stuck in the same medium. I mean, I've done ceramics, I've done uh, the textile stuff, I've, I've done uh, cast, uh, I've wax cast sculptures in bronzes, which is hard work and expensive. Um, but I try every, I've tried everything because if, with everything, every type of art medium that's out there, there is a part of the process that maybe, just maybe, I might be able to steal and put into something that I like, that I like to make. So even the ceramics thing, right now I'm, I'm really, and ceramics and textile combined, I am really into, or interested in right now in building uh, paper to make sculpture. Um, there's some fabulous artists out there. Um, Paul Johnson is one just like blows me away. Um, and I bought his book. And so when I read his book and I see what he's doing and he shares his, uh, his, his, his process, He's using terminology for, from textiles that I know very, very well, like knife pleats <laughs> for folding. And he also uses uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of terminology from ceramics, which I spent some time in too. So as soon as he says those words, I'm going, my light bulb goes on and going, oh, so if I was working with clay, that would look like this. How would it look with paper? Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, always try things. And, oh my God, there's so many new mediums coming out right now. Sorry to take up, take up too much of your blah, blah, blah time. But, I mean, I, I get blown away from an artist who isn't even an artist. There's a, bio, um, a microbiologist scientist. And she's taking this, this thing, this stuff that you can buy at Michael's. It's plastic. And she's creating circuit boards on it, micro circuit boards, because she can't get the, micro, the circuitry that she needs to do her experiments and research fast enough from you know, the people that make those things. And she's actually drawing her circuits on this stuff. And then she puts it in the oven and shrinks it down to the size she wants. And apparently it works as a circuit board, even though it's a plastic medium. And I'm like, I want to try that. You know, with a piece of art, maybe. You know, so. And then I remember, I know, isn't that weird? I remember using that stuff as a kid. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another product that I just discovered called um, Tar Gel. There's an artist in the States, and she's a printmaker. And uh, she's using this tar gel. It's something that um, painting artists use a lot to seal and stretch their, um, their acrylic paints, etc., on their canvases. And she's just using it raw right out of the jar. And she's inking up a, a copper plate and then pouring the stuff on top of it. And it's self-leveling, leaving it for 24 hours to dry. And she's just peeling it off the plate. And off comes the print, the ink, onto this see-through plastic print and it, and it stretches i'm thinking oh i want to try that too because i could stitch in that you know i could cut that i could do so much with that so i'm going to get some of that stuff and see if that works when i start this next uh, copper plate project for 
blueprint for. See if I could use that idea. Absolutely. I want to use that idea. What was that called again? <laughs> it's called Argel. It's, Ar- it, Golding makes it. So uh, you can get it in any art store, apparently. It's expensive, but, you know, worth a small jar just to see if it, see if it could work, work it well, you know? But yeah, the, the new mediums that are out there is like, that's another tip I can give is like, try it. Maybe it'll fit into your painting or, or whatever your medium is. Maybe you could sculpt with it. I don't know. I mean, once you have the basis, could you not use any product out there to, or, uh, you know, material out there to do something interesting? I mean, we don't just have to work with wood and metal, do we? Absolutely. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Has it been half an hour already? <laughs> no, actually, I, w- I wish we had more time, to be honest, because now I don't feel like you're on a roll with the, yeah, the ideas and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like to share my ideas. <laughs> There'll be enough of that in there. Well, you know, what can you do? You, you're sitting in front of a screen with 14 other people. It's kind of hard in, to have that interaction in these times, but we're doing our best, I guess. Absolutely. Well, hopefully I can see you on campus when we're allowed back there. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be September before we, we can go back permanently. Yeah. I, I, I feel all very optimistic that in spite of all the doom and gloom and the bitching and the complaining and, and the delays, that, that we're, we're going to be vaccinated by September, or most of us anyways, and things will be different. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having this interview with me. And uh, thanks to those listening for to the Interviewing Artist series. Um, you can check us out on our website at thejuriedartshow.ca or on Instagram at juriedartshow. And original music is by Kim Hind. Um, I'm going to plug Mary, too. Mary has a website, <laughs> marykirch.com. Uh, Mary Kirch, mixed at artist at... Yeah, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you and have enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, thank you. You too.